We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Welcome to the Light Years event session on what is assuredly the worst loss of the Steve Kerr era. It does not matter that no Steph Curry, no Draymond Green, no Clay Thompson. Anytime you get boat raced by 50 plus, and at one point it was 60 plus, it's bad. It's been a rough season for the Warriors. No way around that. Um, I don't think anyone's known how to react to the fact that like when they're playing well and Steph is rolling, it kind of feels like they're a competitive team, but deep down, you know, that they're, they're undermanned. They're not, they're not competing for deeper. With that said, uh, I want to ask my man, Ant right here, 50 plus. I don't, I don't care what level you're at. That feels, that feels like you quit on the game at some level, right? I agree. And, you know, that is that is beyond a talent discrepancy. That's just not caring, in my opinion. And it's uh it's rough to see. It's rough to see, honestly. Um what are they doing with Nico Mannion, man? <laughs> I I mean, to be fair, Steph isn't playing and Jordan Poole can't play all forty eight minutes at point guard. Um, there's got to be also, another dude out there. Also, to be fair, there's not another dude on the roster. So the real question is why they open a roster for the season with um, that being your only options. You know, Steph and, Steph and Jordan Poole is a fine two-point guard rotation. 
if you're if you're falling back to Nico being your third option, we got some questions here. Where, where are we at? Like they trade they trade Brad Wanamaker. Obviously, that didn't experiment work, but like there's a there's a lack of ball handling on this team. I guess that's a that's a polite way of putting it. Like they're they're not necessarily prioritizing playmaking. <laughs> Facts. The whole they didn't draft Mello move is is almost like being multiplied every single week. Is it not? It is. It does not look good when all right, you, you can talk me into Wiseman might be the better player in a few years. And like, I, I really don't like criticizing any 19 or 20 year old. Like they're, they're all super talented. They're all going to end up being good players. It's, it's a little, but I don't understand why you build a roster with, uh, just that little playmaking on it to begin with. Like, even if you, if you were convinced James Wiseman is going to be the better player, would you not want to surround him with guys who can create a shot so he can kind of, he can live off it. Like he's, he's clearly a play finisher. He's an athletic freak. Uh, he's, you know, he's got some skill, but like, he's not, he's not a guy who's creating shots for other people. Right. I'm just, uh, I'm taking out the, the, uh, the uh, plus minus right now. <laughs> it's I, I it's all bad. <laughs> do you know? Do you have any idea what Draymond's uh, contract is right now? I do. He is in year one of a four-year, hundred million dollars, basically twenty-five a year. We can give or take. Oh, uh, we, don't, we don't need a laugh. But <laughs> oh man! And I am I'm a big Draymond fan. As well, too, but um, do you think Pascal moves on once he gets to his the end of his, or do you think they would extend him and then try to move Draymond? Uh, I don't think I don't think those two are aligned at this point. Like, uh, I think Pascal is a nice, I think he's a scorer, but like they're just different players. I don't I don't think either one. Um, intersects the other like at this point pascal hasn't shown any sign that he can replace draymond in terms of defense iq any of the things that draymond brings to the table now if you're talking about like bringing in a player like i don't know pascal siakam someone who can like do like a lot of the things draymond does maybe not you know some of the things that makes draymond special then we have a different conversation but i don't think eric pascal is in the conversation for replacing Draymond Green in any capacity at this point. Not even like re- like replacing, just you know, getting him as being the second guy behind whichever piece you want to move Draymond Draymond for. I just think the roster is just so incomplete right now. And like okay, Clay being hurt is one thing, but with Curry doing curry things and you know him being hurt and then you have uh you know Draymond being out as well too I just think this roster um is just very very incomplete man incomplete's the best way to put it it's probably the most polite way to put it too like obviously there's not a lot you can do for um a max player Clay Thompson is a max player uh being out for like that just eats up 30% of your salary cap. Like you, you can't replace him on a veteran minimum. Like I love Kempe as more as a player, but like there's a reason their compensation is different. Right. 
So I do agree with you there, but I don't know, man. The, the, the more this goes on, the more Draymond looks invaluable to this team, mostly because it, it's just not that easy to replace him. Like, I, I, you can list players you can replace him with, but are you going to be able to get them for him? I don't know if that exists. Right. Well, they are in a weird spot. So I'm gonna. I'm thinking I want to open this to callers. I don't know how you feel about this. I want to let everyone sound off on this one. Hey, and I'm, I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to open this up to people. All right. We're going to go listener only tonight. This is a listener only show. So if you want to speak, request to speak. I'm going in order of requests. Hey, Sam. What's Most up, man? Joe. What's up, man? Hey, I'm Sam. Uh, so I'm a big Liverpool fan. So I have seen this story before, especially the entire last decade. This reminds me of Roy Hodgson years. This reminds me of Brendan Rodgers in 2015. I just think Steve's lost his team, man. Like tonight, you don't lose by 50 unless you've lost the team. And uh, unless they're planning on making massive overhauls in the summer, I just don't see how Steve can coach a team that he has no pulse for. That's really, that's basically it. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it, Mocha Joe. I think it's interesting. I'm, I'm kind of feeling the same way. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to – I hate calling for anyone's job, just to be blunt. Like, it, it feels um, – it, it's harsh. But, like, I can't remember a Mark Jackson team losing by 50 points. I've watched the Warriors trot out this lineup in the past. They haven't lost by 50 to 60 points. This was an effort thing, and at some point you have to look at the coaching when it comes to effort. Like, I, I guess the the real way to look at it is let's see how they respond to it at this point. But at a certain point, it's it's a little it's a little worrisome at minimum. I, I guess the the most polite way to put it is this is not trending in the right direction. They're three games under five hundred. They are officially on watch to not even make the playoff plan team, and. In a game where I think they could have won because Kyle Lowry did not play. Toronto had more talent than the Warriors because um, no Steph Curry, no Draymond Green hurts the Warriors more than just no Kyle Lowry. But just the way they lost the game, I don't, I don't know how you go from that. Let's move this forward. Yo, Sam, Maxwell, what's up? what's up, my man? I know you just said uh, you're not calling for anyone's job, but I mean, I... I <laughs> I really don't have any faith in Steve anymore. I, 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 I thank him for what he did with the, with the 15, 16, 17, and 18 teams. But at the end of the day, Draymond's not what he used to be. We don't have KD. We don't have Tom Livingston, Leandro Barbosa, Andrew Bogut. I mean, we're just not the same team. And for next year, if, you know, God, if, you know, hoping that Clay is some, is 80% of what he was, do you, are you confident in Steve uh, leading us to not even being contenders, but just like a, a a four seed? Do you honestly think he he'll be able to do that with with what Draymond is? Assuming that Draymond doesn't, you know, miraculously turn back into twenty sixteen Draymond, you know, do you have any? I think the I think the real question is not what Steve can do with Steph, Draymond, and Clay because it's it's proven that he has their confidence. Uh, they've said it over and over again, how much they believe in him. And 
I feel like they're kind of partnered at the hip with the way that the Warriors play. Like all those players believe in the style of play that Steve Kerr plays because they've won titles that way. Like they're not going to throw them under the bus. The real question to me is, do you think Steve Kerr can develop James Wiseman? Do you think Steve Kerr can bring new players in who do not fit his vision? Because they won one way with those three players, with Andre Godala, with Sean Livingston, with the cast of characters they had. Um, I, I don't think anyone's going to confuse Andrew Wiggins or Kelly Oubre for Livingston or Iguodala. Like They're just different players. There's no way around that. Like James Wiseman, very talented, but young and a much different player. The question is, do you think Steve Kerr and his staff can get those guys moving in a positive direction in one that like, competes for things that matter as opposed to uh, what we're seeing right now. Yeah, but when it comes to Wiseman, we're, we're like playing this game of limbo. It's like we want, we're, we're trying to develop them, but if we want to contend, like let's be real, we probably have a, what, two to three year window of Steph and Clay, you know, being at, you know, close to their best. Uh, I mean, if, if you were, say you're Bob Myers, do you, and, and the Wizards offer you Beal for Wiseman next year, straight up. And, you know, maybe some other, you know. But are they offering picks. that? Say what? Are they offering that? No, though? I'm saying because, okay, if, I, I agree you with do? you. Well, yeah. I mean, if if someone's offering you Bradley Beal for James Wiseman and future picks, like, that's a no-brainer. Bradley Beal is one of the 15 or so best players in the league. He's 27 years old. I mean, he's – it's unlikely LaMelo Ball – or Anthony Edwards are as good as Bradley Beal. Even if they are, it's a it's a negligible trade because Bradley Beal is like one of the best players in the league, a perennial all-star. Um, I think you do that every time. Hey, the, the real question is, do those offers exist? Yeah, I mean, there's not much to be optimistic about. <laughs> I appreciate you, Max. So I'll keep moving. My man, Mike Mikas. What's up? Um, I just got done watching the Warriors uh, and Raptors. Oh, you watched it on delay? Is it on delay? No, did you watch it on delay? No, I watched it live in person. I paid money to watch it. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I watched the 20th worst loss in NBA history, so that was fun. It was my first ever NBA game. Uh, Bought the tickets after the Bulls game, so I thought Steph would be there. And instead, I got no Steph and no Draymond. So that was exciting. My Venmo is at mmikis18 if anybody from Warriors Nation wants to reimburse me because I know Joe Lacob's not using the DPE this year, but I do feel like he personally owes me money. Um, 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 so you guys can hit my Venmo up, please. By the way, can you can I, can I ask you a side question here? What was the capacity? Like, what, what capacity is Tampa running at this day? Are we talking? It was twenty five percent, thirty percent. It was no, it was it was well under. It was probably like fifteen percent, and it was mostly Warriors fans. I mean, it was a lot of uh, people wearing Clippers jerseys and a lot of disappointed fans. I got a chant going at one point in the game. We were all chanting, "We want Curry," and the team heard. I know they did, but Steph wasn't even on the bench at that point. He was hiding as he should, out of embarrassment. Um, did the but, did the crowd go wild when Smiley hit the step back? Um, <laughs> I dude, I just watched twelve minutes of Alan Smiley each play basketball live tonight. I can't. I'm like drunk off of having to watch that. I can't. <laughs> even, I can't even answer that question. Um, my question is: This is you know I was thinking about this before the game, and the Raptors are reeling right now. They you know I think now they have won their first game. I think they were thirteen out of their last fourteen. They had lost. And they looked to be in a pretty awful place. They were about to blow up the team. You know, Pascal's fighting with the coach. Kyle Lowry's on his way out. 
These two teams met in the finals two years ago. If you were a GM for the next five or 10 years, would you rather be a GM of the Warriors or would you rather be a GM of the Raptors and why? I like that question. I want other people to chime in on that one. All right. So, so your question is next five, five to 10 years, would you rather have the, the Toronto Raptors job or the Warriors job? Yeah. And I, I, not, I don't know if either answer is great, but I, I feel really bad in saying that I think the Warriors is worse despite having a top five player in the world on their team. I don't know. I think the, the Raptors have a better surrounding talent around everything else. And, and the Warriors, what I just watched in person, I like watched a G League team. I paid money to watch a G League team and I'm, I'm like beside myself. I'm actually sick to my fucking stomach here. I can't believe what I just observed. I really everyone, can't. Everyone Venmo Mike Mikas a couple bucks. Um, <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is, all right, so on the plus side with the Warriors, you have Steph Curry on the roster, which makes team building easier just because everyone's always searching for that player. And as much as I love everything Toronto's done, they don't have anyone of Steph's caliber. Um, on the second plus side, you do have an owner who's willing to spend a lot of money. So theoretically, if you think you're smart, you're going to have resources. On the downside, you have a ton of bad contracts. You have a bunch of dudes who are on the downside of the contract, whereas Toronto may have more options going forward. I don't know. Honestly, I think they're both attractive jobs in the aggregate, but like, are they as attractive as they were two years ago? Probably not. Let's be real. All right, let me keep moving forward. Jay, hey, you there? Can you hear me? I can I, hear you. What's up, my man? All right. So I've got a question about if we're going to acquire a star, and I'm specifically thinking of Towns, but the catch is if we want to keep Wiggins on that roster and Kelly Oubre ends up walking, is there any chance to do a sign-and-trade and take on any sort of contract from that team to, in return, match salaries with keeping Wiggins, if that makes sense. Hey, Jake, I appreciate that. You have the TV on in the background, so I'm taking out the stage. Uh, shout out the Giants game. I could hear Kruken Kipe there, so I give you credit there. Um, no. The, the short answer is if the Warriors are able to acquire a star player who's under – or who who's who's paid appropriately for being a star. So in other words, not like uh, Zion, who's not, you know, got his next contract or anything. Like, obviously, everyone would like to acquire Zion, but that's not happening. Um, they're going to have to give up one of Clay, Wiggins, or Draymond just to make the contracts work. Like, it, it's not a um, I want to get rid of them situation. Like, literally, there's no way to make those contracts match. And... Wiggins is probably the most likely one. I don't think anyone in the league wants Clay's contract right now. Um, it's, it's, it's the injuries are what they are. If you're another team, you're not taking that contract without like extra picks being attached to it. So that is what it is. All right, I'm gonna keep moving. Jake, I appreciate the question. That was a good question. Hey, Sam. Hi. Can you hear me? I can hear you. What's up, man? So, uh, like I told you in my earlier calls, I'm from India. So, the game started at 4.30 in the morning and I woke up with this stupid shit. <laughs> I apologize to you. You should not have woken up this early for this game. Yeah, I mean, like this game's, uh, I mean, I saw a tweet saying that throughout the day for this game. But this is really a reflection of what the front office put together and what Steve is doing, etc. So, my question here exactly is... Um, 
everyone is looking forward to the off season where uh, bob is going to do something or uh, some free agents are going to come but uh, there is slightly turning out to be a less likely destination for free agents i mean exactly who wants to play for steve kerr at this point uh, he passed harden a few years ago this tweets leaked out and i don't think drew shiller uh, misquoted him in the kevin durant tweet that they came that i agree with you so so i mean it's at, at this point uh, i mean like i agree with you i'm, I'm not gunning for anyone's job either but uh, it it has become clear that he can't develop james wiseman or uh, any other rookie i mean uh, you see jordan uh, jordan pool who was playing very well uh, for the 6 to 7 game stretch and now uh, even he seems to be struggling i'm not sure what the issue there is but the only reason steve is around is because of step if step uh, wants to leave tomorrow i i think steve would be fired as well Nandy, I appreciate you. I think that's a I think that's a fair question. Do we think the Warriors still have juice in in free agency with other players? Um my impression is they do. I do not think they have juice as the premier destination anymore. I think they're in the upper like if you think they have more juice with free agents than like LA or New York or Brooklyn or well, Brooklyn isn't New York, just to be clear. <laughs> um probably not. but they're they're still in the upper half of teams but that's still a step backwards so i do think it's a fair question like yeah okay so they get clay back next year are they going to get every ring chaser probably not so they they have to figure some stuff out they have to find some players they have to figure out how to win without having everything come to them without having david west who's a much better player than his contract come to them andrew what's up man hey what's up sam can you hear me I can hear you. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? Uh, you know, I think of like all of the things, you know, that have have annoyed me about this season and there's been a lot, but this whole situation with JTA, man, I I don't get it because he seems to do almost everything well. Like he's he's an unspectacular player, but he's just so solid in so many areas. And he's even shooting like 43% from 3. I don't know, what like why Why doesn't he get consistent minutes when he he clearly seems to be a winning player at least he's more of a winning player than some of the other guys on the roster. That's a great question. Andrew, appreciate you calling in. Um it appears there's a disconnect. Like they they're committed to developing guys, but I'm not sure I'm seeing much developing. So he's a G League 2A guy who's 27 years old. Maybe he's 26. No, I think he's 27. Um he's not highest on their priority in terms of development but uh, I mean to me the real question is okay so they don't want to play JTA because they think they can develop players to be better than him are you seeing development happening are we seeing something that's changing that I'm not so we'll keep moving You've heard us talking about it before and we're back again to talk to you about hosting your own podcast here at Blue Wire and there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. I don't know how many times Sam and I get um people DMing us about how to start a podcast. So, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site will charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me or Sam or us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash lightyears now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash lightyears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash LightYears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Jamal, what's up, man? Uh, Can you hear me? I can hear you. What's up, man? (sighs) Okay. Two things, and then I'll I'll hop off. First thing. (laughs) So how would you rank these three things in order of trade value? The number two pick before Wiseman was selected, Wiseman after the first two games, and Wiseman today. That's a great question. Jamal, appreciate that. Let me get you off the stage. So I still think Wiseman after he's selected is more valuable than the number two pick. Uh, Just going into the draft, no one was valuing that pick. There's no way around that. Like You can talk to people. Even like... The player who's exceeded value is LaMelo Ball. Pre-draft, no one wanted the two or three pick. 
Now, LaMelo Ball is one of the most attractive trade assets in the league, for back of a better term, because it's very clear he's a superstar in the making. Um, James Wiseman's had a rough month and a half, but he's still more valuable than what the number two pick was pre-draft. Now, is he that much more valuable? Maybe not. He still looks like a huge project. But pre-draft, I mean, I, I cannot stress this enough. No one wanted anything to do with this, these picks. Like, no one was trading you anything of value for the top two picks. And that's just the reality of the situation. Omar, what's up, my guy? Hey, Sam, can you hear me? Omar, are you there? Yeah, I think we're, we're breaking the app again. Um, yo, <laughs> let me just say, like, this game, watching it was an interesting experience. I'm just going to vent about this game alone because there's so many issues with this theme. So, you know, once it became clear that the game was getting away from us, I was like that Jack Nicholson gif, you know, where he's like in The Departed, where he's like inciting, like, yes, yes, let the hate flow through you. And I was just like that, just thinking about all the slander that's about to come through from national media. Stephen A. Smith, like fucking Kendrick Perkins was talking shit. Like everybody is about to realize, you know, we've been gaslit as fans for several months now. It's like, oh, yeah, everything was going great. Just Clay got injured. It's so abundantly clear that that's not the case. And, you know, finally, like, um, for whatever reason, Warriors beat writers and local media, you know, they're not especially hard on Kerr. And, you know, we might have some soul searching being done today. And I'm at least grateful for that. And, like, this game was interesting, I think. Well, you're, you're, hoping, you're hoping this will wake people up. That's very optimistic of you. I'm no I'm I'm just it, there's a little bit of validation and kind of like feeling okay you're not crazy now I I don't want to get too crazy with this Stephen A praise like you know he's not he's not a you know a great source of truth but I think there is an element to which like this is going to be like a prominent thing now you lose by 50 you can't just say like Clay was out or Curry was out that's bad and yeah you can't just go up to the post game press conference and go we didn't play with force like, I mean, oh, and, uh, yeah. and yet, this, despite that, the coach is out here, you know, talking about Wiseman, unprompted. You know, I think I I, I watched like the post game interview. Slater asked like a, you know, slightly euphemistic question about like you know the young guys and how do you keep up their confidence, and like how what the hell is Kerr doing? Just you know, diving deep into like diagnosing what's wrong with Wiseman. Yeah, the post ups are dumb. All this shit, like it just doesn't look great. It's not amazing. But when you're down 60, like, bro, take some accountability and, you know, frame the question and the conversation around yourself and what your deficiencies are. Let's, you know, let's did, not put did this Steve, on a 20-year-old did, kid. Did Steve mention, did Steve say, um, I need to be better? No. Of course okay. not. I mean, have you heard, like, I, I mean, no, like, no, no way. <laughs> And there, there's just this weird thing with Steve this year, like maybe a little bit too much personal information. And I'll stop after this. Like I quit smoking a couple of months ago. I've been perfectly fine. But the hardest fucking time is when I'm watching the Warriors and I'm like, bro, I'm out here like, you know, biting my nails at all these dumb like turnovers. Kent Bazemore being the PG every now and then. And it's like, what the hell? You know, Steve Kerr, at least back in the day, you know, he'd share a little bit of my frustration and he'd be out there breaking clipboards and shit. But like now he's out here on like some Berkeley fucking hippie, like, you know, everything is just vibes shit. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, what the fuck? Do your job. 
<laughs> all right, that's all for me. Thank you. I appreciate you as always, Omar. Um, I, I don't even know how to go with that. I, I'm just going to ride with it. So I'm going to bring this up. Oh, no. What, what kind of monster did I bring on stage? <laughs> so for everybody, don't uh, no Lakers trolling for me today. I'm a sympathetic voice. That was brutal. Um, first of all, Mike Re- Mikas, relax. Andre Drummond's not good. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, Mike Mikas, I Venmoed you. That's brutal, brother. Uh, I'm so sorry. Um, so I'm I'm looking at it, uh, and it's easy for me to you know come into this as a non Warriors fan to come in with a little bit of optimism. Uh, like genuinely, where I think that the way this season is going and the amount of blowouts that we've seen, if anybody was in denial about you know the Warriors' ability to develop talent, young talent, and sort of have vets that can lead the team to a title, I don't think anybody who's being honest or even even if they're not good at assessing themselves, even now, like especially now, I, I feel like nobody can hide behind that anymore. Like that, 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 all those notions. Are they not light years ahead? Yeah. Yeah. All that light years ahead stuff. Right. It's like, okay, guys. uh, um, I do think though, that this summer when they, when they know what their draft picks are and all that right after lottery night, I do think that any demands they would have, like you were talking about Bradley Beal earlier. I think that they will be more hungry to make moves for veterans. They will kind of swallow the pride a little bit and say, all right, we have Steph, who's still putting up MVP numbers. Um, Clay's coming back. Sure, he might be more of like a, in terms of impact, like a six-man type player, but he's going to be like the best six-man in the NBA next year, right? It, it, even if he's not full Clay. Uh, Draymond is there. And between Wiseman, your picks, um, even if you don't get like these top-tier stars like Bradley Beal, there's still an opportunity. These are still valuable players. These are still valuable picks to get good enough veterans to maybe not be the old school Warriors bonafide elite number one team, but build a good enough team that if things break your way, you can have a great season and a great run. Like there's a still there's still a run here. Uh, bottom line, and this goes back to the Raptors question earlier, you still have Steph Curry, and that's the that's the ultimate trump card. Like I you're you're never going to be bad enough. We saw what this team looked like tonight without Steph, and with Steph, they're competitive a lot of the nights. He is. He they is they do have an above five hundred record with Steph. Like for right, <laughs> I do actually think, uh, Dominic. I really appreciate you. Um, you do bring up the most interesting question, which is: Do the Warriors watch this season and decide to get real with themselves? Which is this whole cutesy? We're going to do both things. It's not happening because they're watching this and it's like, I don't know, man. So I do agree with you. The more they get embarrassed trying to do the both sides thing, maybe the more likely they are to move into a realistic scenario where they realize it's not really going to work. All right, keep moving. Juwan, what's up, man? Sam, how's it going? How are you hanging in there? Hey, Juwan, you there? (laughs) Yep. Can you hear me? I can hear you. What's up, man? Oh, man. What a rough one. Um, my my main concern with this team is the joy aspect, right? Uh, 2019, the last of the Durant year, there was no joy. Like, you just seen dudes going about their business. And then last year, you kind of see a little bit of joy. Like, the kids are running, the, the inmates are running the asylum a little bit. People are having fun. This team this year, 
I there's no joy and it's so confusing to me why where the energy's at. Like 2015 to 2017, there's so much joy and just buckets. Everybody in good play, everybody's happy. With this team with these young dudes dudes, it's like they are just sad all the time. And it's it's unbelievable to me. I'm with you. And and I wonder, okay, so realistically, imagine being a 21-year-old who doesn't know if you're going to you know, hit a second contract in the NBA and mm. having to play with Steph Curry and Draymond Green who have, well, one, they're just more talented than you. Two, they have uh, expectations of, you know, we're competing. I'm, I'm not interested in your excuses, right? So yeah. on the one hand, I get it. On the other hand, I'm wondering what the coaching staff's doing here to make it easier because like this whole, like they need to figure it out and just, is how we do things. Like, is that really benefiting anyone here? That That's what I'm looking at here. I'm watching the Warriors without them. You would think, you would think if this was a team who had talent, but lack of dis- direction, they would see a game without Steph and Draymond as the moment to like play with joy sure. and show who they are. <laughs> Because, like, I've watched it with, like, let's just say Atlanta. Okay, like, Trey Young is very talented, but, you know, not the easiest player to play with at this point. Um, and then when he's out of the lineup, Atlanta looks, like, super hyped to just show what they can do. They're not as good. But, like, mm-hmm. you see young players looking like, oh, I get, I get the ball more in my hands. I get to try and, like, all that sort of stuff. And it was, like, the opposite thing going off the Warriors tonight, which is worrisome. It 100% was the opposite. It, it was, like – Every time a mistake was made, you could see them like kind of creep over their shoulder and look to see if they're getting subbed out. Like the one play, um, Poole tossed it to Wiseman in the post. Wiseman moved the ball went out of bounds. The look on Poole's face as soon as he turned it over because he knew Nico Mania was about to sub in for him. It was like it was it was a gut punch, a hundred percent. So it's a it's just so weird to me, and I, I I feel like one of the things that attracted free agents to the Warriors in the past was like the the energy of just playing and the the happiness that came with it, and that's something I feel like they're gonna have to rekindle if they want to you know attract free agents or you know have a superstar thinking about wanting to get traded there. That's gonna be something to be addressed. I agree with you. All right, Juan, I appreciate Thanks. you. It's like appreciate it, always. It's like um. There's a lot of denial that they're not living. Um, it's not the same team it was. They don't have the same cachet with free agents they had two to three years ago. They can get it back, but they got to be realistic with it. So you keep moving. All right, Chick. What's up, man? So how's it going? It's good. How you doing? What you got for me? Yeah, so my question is about Wiseman. Like, I don't understand what – is there a coherent strategy – to his development at all like like is he gonna be a post player is he go back to the basket is he is he like face up like what, what's the deal with them what's what's Kirk trying to do i mean shit man if i could answer that i'd, I'd put it you know i'd pay some money and get some yeah. Yeah. um you do bring so, up so actually also on, on the broad I, I was being i was uh being a little facetious there but you're right like i there is no coherent strategy with him right like he's he's just like raising his hands up every time like asking for the ball in the post to do absolutely nothing with it and makes no sense. <laughs> it's it's not the ideal way. No, I agree with you. Like that's been my question the whole way too, is like, what do they want from him? Cause to me, it seems like they're trying to like, like just tell him like, do what you want. Just be honest, just be honest. And I'm like, what does that mean? You know, like you, you the kid needs a lot more structure than what they're putting with him. Um, Shik, appreciate you. Keep moving. You. 
Hey, what's up? Sorry, I brought two of you on stage at the same time, but um, let's let's start with uh, let's start with Joe here. Joe, what's up, man? Uh, my only thoughts are uh, I just want to hear your thoughts on Kirk Lacob and uh, what he's doing for <laughs> organization right now. I don't. I don't. Th- you know what? I don't think Kirk's the problem. I'll just, I'll put it that way. Um, by the way, uh, uh, Jay please request again. I'll bring you back on stage. But I, I do appreciate the question. I do understand why everyone wants to blame um, the owner's son, particularly being in that high-profile role. But I, I really do think we need to look at this a little more holistically. I mean, I, I understand he's not the, the full problem or the main point of the problem, but it, it is a problem that you see like so many other organizations out there, like the owners giving their sons or like other people in their family positions and uh, – just not having it work out. Like the only people or the only organization that I can think of where it kind of works out is the Lakers with the bus family. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's not an ideal situation. No one thinks it's an ideal situation. It's never plays well. Even if the owner's son is good at his job, um, no one feels good about it. Like it's, it's a rough situation. There's no way around that. All right, Joe, appreciate you. Thank you. I'm bringing Jake back up. Cause I, I own for that one. That was a, app glitch on my end jake what's up man yo oh what's up uh obviously we can see that watching the game the back end of the roster is not good i would i would agree g league level talent so in the offseason obviously is the most important thing we got to fill in the margins if you could be honest how many of those people like damian lee Mulder, those guys baseball how many of those do you think are going to be on the roster next year if we're being honest half um i think i don't think any of them are bad players i just think they're they're all guys who should be somewhere between the eighth and twelfth man on a playoff rotation so if you want to be in the playoffs you need to get players who are of a higher caliber or maybe they improve. I mean, that's also a possibility, which comes down to the point, which is uh, you can't have them all on the roster next year. So the Warriors, um, you know, it's, it's possible that guys improve internally and that happens every year. And I don't want to dissuade that as a possibility, but anyway, you slice it, assuming guys don't improve that much going into next year you probably want to cut their minutes in half because you've improved the roster a little bit, which means, you know, they're, they're going to play a little less. Um, maybe you don't need all of them, maybe only half of them. And that's the real thing. I, I don't dislike any of those players. It's just like, Kemp, you, you don't want Kemp more to be your sixth man. You'd rather him be the eighth or ninth man. And that's kind of the, the Warriors issue right now. You know, front end talent being injured, notwithstanding. Antonio, what's up, my man? Hey, what's up, Sam? How you doing? Just another night, another day in the life. Yeah, okay. Uh, two things. One thing I want to say is, yeah, as a Jordan Poole fan, it makes me sad he has to look over his shoulder every time he does something bad. But Nico can't throw an inbounds pass to James Wiseman, where he effed up three times today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, something I see on Twitter a lot is, obviously, there's a lot of Warriors fans that are, you know, fans of the Giants or the the Niners and you know everybody's all like oh at least we have the the Niners who are going all in and this that and the other and you know chat's gonna crucify me whatever 
because uh, of my family, where they're from, I'm a Cowboys fan. And then it kind of hit me like, oh, everybody's talking about the Niners. The Warriors are really becoming the Cowboys. Ooh, like, I had this. I was mentioning this analogy. The, the Jerry Jones, Joe Lacob, where they're both like kind of brilliant, but like the bravado yeah. and, you know, getting the family in there, making it a family business going forward. Like, I do agree with you. There, that analogy is that's a strong analogy. It's a strong analogy. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't turn out the same way. Anyway, peace. I appreciate that. I, too, also hope it doesn't turn out the same way. All right, we can keep moving. Luke, what is up, my guy? Oh, how you going, buddy? You all right? I'm, I'm good. I'm hanging in there. I'm, before, I'm built for, I'm built for this. With you, mate, I just want to ask you, like, how, how do you actually feel about this whole fucking thing? Like, how do you actually... <laughs> like, I, I, I know you don't want to go full disclosure, but I want to know, like, is it because I know in, when we when we did our first locker room, right? You were you were very 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 down the middle about okay, pick a fucking direction. Do you want to go all in or do you want to develop? And oh, I, I, I said, it, yeah. Said at the time, you said at the time, didn't you? you? Said be very very careful what you fucking wish for. And now we've just got pumped by fucking a thousand, <laughs> and now and now you, you you you've had to come on two hours later on a fucking locker room and go. Let's have event session. So I wanted to ask you before. That's not my question, but I just wanted to ask you: Is this how you saw this coming? I mean, I, I I'd be lying if I saw I saw it coming this specific way. But yeah, I, I kind of was hoping they would pick a direction because I think they don't know how to do both. I'm not sure this coaching staff knows how to, de- to develop players, and yeah. I, you know what, Steph and Draymond are saints. They deserve all the praise they've got over the years. They have accomplished a lot in the game of basketball, and they deserve it. I'm not surprised that they're starting to tune out the development cycle either. Yeah, i i would I would say I hope the Warriors walk away from the season understanding that this nebulous middle cycle where you just have accomplished vets hanging in there, carrying your team while you try to develop players. And by the way, it's debatable how much development they're doing in the process. Correct. Yeah. So I think they need to, I'm hoping this is a little bit of a reality check for them because I don't think this is, I don't think this is a um, sustainable path, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted you to say. But like, I knew I, I, I feel bad, <laughs> no, but like I just I just want to give you a credit. That's all. But you, you said be very very careful what you wish for. Have one, have what, have two feet in, or don't have any fucking feet at all. Get exactly. And start again. What I wanted to say though, and I've been very, you know, I'm I'm not going to shit on a fucking kid, but you can very clearly see today, like I don't know who said this for. I think it might have been Damon or um or someone else before said. Jordan Paul was literally shitting his shitting his pants when he threw that pass because he knew he was going to get hooked, right? Because is that's the mentality in the fucking team right now? Then maybe we need to start having a hard conversation about what's going to happen going forward because I don't know what it's going to take. And my question to you about this whole thing because I feel so sorry for some of these fucking players. And it seems like Steph and Draymond are pretty, you know, okay, we're going to buy in, we're going to go for it, yes, we. But my question to you is, especially after that Slater article just got posted 10 minutes ago about it's fucking soul-searching time, do you really believe in your heart of hearts that Steph would really let this fucking thing burn to the ground? Well, he would go, 
okay, enough's enough. Let's fucking re-pivot what's going on. Okay, James, it's all good, mate. We're we're sure you're going to be a great player, but it's pretty obvious that this environment's not for you. Go to fucking somewhere else and whatever. Do you really believe that Steph would pick up the phone and go, okay, it's time to pivot. It's time to go. That's my question to you, mate. I do. I actually do. Um, I'm more concerned about Draymond, to be honest. Like, yeah. I think he's just going to be like, if this is what you want to do, trade me to a contender. Um, yeah. I worry that Steph is not going to say anything and just, you know, like kind of leave, to be honest. I don't think either are going to happen, but like, I think just to be blunt, they need to, they, the front office needs a little pressure from those players. There's no other around it. They need to hear from those yeah, players that yeah. it's um, it's time. It's time to make some decisions here. It's time to to do a little better than this whole hanging in there thing. I do think, like, as much as it's annoying for you and me to watch this, there's a lot of empathy for the Clay Thompson situation. Hundred percent. So that's a player they, you know, that that's been the three guys are joined at the hip in terms of like their legacy and kind of what they mean to the Warriors. And for Clay to go through get a catastrophic injury literally three days before camp opens or whatever it was, yeah. um, it's going to buy you a little um, leniency. And I think they've given themselves leniency the whole way. But I, I do think, agree. as as the mentions have the mentions are saying here, Clay's not solving this. Like healthy right, play is not solving this, much less the uh, player who's coming off of whatever injury he has. That's right, and and even in that post game, I think Nico Mannion said that Clay was fucking teeing up people in the hallway, going like, "This is not acceptable." So if someone like Clay, who's the most chill fucking guy in the world, is blowing up the lux about that, like it's like she said just before. Sorry, I'm random this long, but I apologize. She just said that ten minutes ago. If that was any other coach tonight, and that was the fucking scoreline, sixty-one points. Oh, totally. so much heat on the other team right now. I'm telling everyone be going, oh, he's brown bread. He's finished. He's fucking done. But it seems to be like, like wh- why do certain people get a pass? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's like, well, it's just, three, ri- three rings are why he gets a pass. So, Luke, yeah. I appreciate you. Um, oh. I do think, I mean, it's fair to ask those questions. There's nothing wrong with asking those questions. It's fair to ask those questions why we're given this big of a rope, but like the reality is that's how, that's how life works. Like why does Draymond green get a bunch of rope for not shooting the ball as much? Well, because he's come up big in every game that's mattered to you for the last seven years. That's why he gets that rope. So whether you agree with it or not, like obviously Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, everyone who's been a part of this Warriors organization in terms of winning as much as they want, they're going to get a little rope to figure it out. Oh, well, I'm the next guy. Yo, Sam, your mic's rubbing too much. Is it rubbing too much, Sayed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I apologize. Know, me. No stress. Uh, honestly, my, my, my thing, the entire game, I get pretty pissed because Boucher's from my town, and we had him on the team. And I remember when we got him, I said, man, this kid, I've watched him grow up and play here with a bunch of my guys, and he's amazing. And then he locked up Wiseman, our number two pick. Again, everyone does. I just feel really, really shitty when we have good guys. But what do you think about, like, do we? what's the situation with the scouting? You know, we're going to draft maybe the fifth, seventh pick, tenth pick. Do we trust these guys? 
or should we just trade that right away? Let me let me ask you this right now. Okay, do you think Chris Boucher is good? I love Chris Boucher. I love Chris Boucher. Everything so about Chris him. Bou- so Chris Boucher is a talented player. The Warriors signed him. He ends up yeah. in the Warriors affiliate. They don't do anything with him. He leaves them and ends up in Toronto. Is that a scouting issue or is that a development issue? I think it's a, yeah, you're right, development issue. I got you. I got you. And I remember Jordan Bell even saying the most skilled guy that he's ever been around was Chris Boucher at Oregon. So it's like, damn, you didn't let this guy just play. It's crazy. It's nuts. That's where I'm at. So I think um, there's blame to go around. And it's not just, uh, you know, Boucher is a great example of development failure, right? But, like, we also have examples like Jake, um, sorry, um, Jacob uh, Evans. Jacob Evans as uh, what I would define as a scouting failure, right? So I, I think they all add up. Like, everyone's got to be a little better in the organization. Um, it'd be easy if we could point to one thing, be like, that guy, that guy's the problem. The, the guy picking players is the problem. But I think it's oh, a little sure. more nuanced than that. Sure. I, I think I think any other coach in the league would be banner head ESPN needs to be fired after a 60-point loss. And that's my that's my last, oh, my God, I hope it happens soon because it's crazy. <laughs> Appreciate you saying. All right. We're going to take the last three calls here. Appreciate the rest of you. All right. Raymond, what's up, man? Yo, what's up, Sam? How's it going? It's good. What you got for me? So, I mean, I just wanted to comment on uh, kind of our roster construction. It seems like everyone, you know, the Kerr is kind of the punching bag for a lot of this, and rightfully so in a lot of ways. You know, he's um, been fairly mediocre. But, I mean, you know, our roster is pretty terrible outside of, you know, Steph, Dre, and Wiggins. I mean, I don't know how many of those guys would see rotations, right? Like in the past, we've had those, you know, those vets coming off the bench that provide a lot of experience, but now you got a lot of young guys and the vets we do have aren't really, you know, those guys you can rely on. Like Bazemore is just kind of all over the place. And, you know, we thought maybe Brad could be that, but, you know, you saw him get exiled. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily on Steve, although he can do definitely, you know, definitely do a better job. But it's just kind of, you know, just the fact that we've gone to all these championships that we don't have all those tools that we can use to actually make a competent roster. Um, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I, I think it's everyone's looking for a fall guy. Like, it, it, it's just the way life works, right? Like, everyone wants to anything, anytime it goes poorly, we're like, and that is the reason. We want to specifically point to one thing. It's like, I, you know, everything would have worked out if, uh, you know, um, Andy Lou took care of his job. Everything would be better. Honestly, I blame Andy for all my failures in life. So, you know, it's that same thing. I do agree with you. We need to look a little deeper with the Warriors and it, it's everything. It's front office. It's coaching. It's scouting. It's all of it. They all need to be better. So appreciate you there. All right. Let's keep moving. Sakshan, what's up, my man? Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up? All right, um, I'm good. I was just thinking about this. There is the competitiveness in this team. I feel I I I'm part of my high school soccer team, and if I ever lose like seven zero eight zero, and then we're still playing, 
there's no fight. There's nothing in this team that makes me think, okay, we're trying to do something. Like, no one's even hard fought except one foul from Damien D. I feel like Kurz lost the dressing room. I feel like this team is in, I don't want to say shambles, but it's very close to it because there's so many different things going on in this team. And then some people think we should tank, but if we tank, then then Curry, Curry might want to leave. And then Draymond Green might be like, trade me to a contender. And then we have Clay Thompson, who's coming off two career-ending injuries. So I, I, I just want to know your thoughts on it. Sasha, I appreciate you. Those are fair questions. I do agree with you. The effort level tonight was disgusting. They need to be better than that. And I do agree with you. It, it you know, tanking is not always the answer. Like Steph Curry, for lack of a better term, is not signing up to be on a team that plays 40 games a year and then tanks. So I do think they need to be better than that. Um, the whole situation sucks. Hayden, what's up, man? Not much, man. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, seeing Aaron Gordon getting traded to Denver and, you know, knowing that he's a limited player, but sort of moving him to a, a team where he can really be maximized and sort of raising their ceiling. It made me wonder if, you know, if a superstar doesn't become available this offseason, Who's, you know, kind of the fringe all-star, like, top 40, top 50 guy that the Warriors should target who could maybe get them up to that level of, let's say, fringe contender, you know, top four, top three seed in the West? I, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you have your Pascal Siakams, you have your... um. I, I think this is a great question, honestly. So, like, I think Siakam's too good for the, the caliber of player you're talking about. But, like, I think, um, by the way, Hayden, I'm going to take you off the stage. But the fundamental issue the Warriors are running into is I don't think they want to make a trade for Aaron Gordon unless it's, like, a slam dunk. I think they want to hold on to all their assets to make the Anthony Davis trade, to make the um, James Harden trade, to make the slam dunk trade. They don't want to trade first round picks for um i don't know I, I, who's a good guys give me an example who's a good fringe aaron gordon type of player um that i i just don't think they want to do that <laughs> nice Ubre in the mentions i appreciate that <laughs> ironically they did do trade anyway um, I, I don't think they want to make those type of trades unless they can make it for a quote unquote superstar. Uh, and for better or worse, you know, that could work out for them or it could not, but that seems to be who they want to do. And you know what? If it does work out, we're all going to be like, wow, that's really smart of them. And we're wrong for overreacting. But if it doesn't work out, it's not so good. So we'll see. I'm going to keep it moving. By the way. I see you, guy with the smile of each picture, who keeps saying, "Let's keep moving, John Jam." I'm, I'm gonna fight you. Anyway, hey, what's up, uh, Alex Vega, what's up, my man? Hey, what's up, man? Yo, so I was just thinking, I was like, I feel like lots of the problems here are because of the front office's ineptitude. Like, dude, if this was LeBron, like Bradley Beal would be here like three weeks ago. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not, this is not acceptable. Like. 
I do agree with you. We need more more urgency in one way or another. You know, we have a top 15 player of all time on this roster. Like, you know, this can't, like, they need to decide on a path like this summer. You know what I'm saying? I agree with you. They do need to decide on a path. I think the biggest takeaway from tonight beyond um, annoyance over the game, which was disgusting, is... I feel like it's very hard to dispute the fact that they don't know what direction they're going in. Like, end of the day, they need to make a decision. Make a decision on the direction. All right, let's keep this going. Last last Yo. question that other Luke from Australia. Yo, hey, firstly, uh, shout out to you and Andy, and also shout out to Luke. I think you should actually just let him speak with you guys all the time. I agree. Luke, Luke, you're always welcome on here, my man. All right. Anyway, my question is, like, we all agree that we should be getting a couple of bets uh, in the off season. Do you actually think that, like, bets want to come? Or, like, what do we need to do for, like, ring chasers in a sense that, like, what do we need to do for them to want to come to the Warriors, I guess. I think it's a great question. I think the first thing, first off, I do think vets will come to the Warriors, but if you want to be the premier destination for vets, they need to make a move that catches people's eyes. Like, let's just put it bluntly. So let's assume Clay's back next year, but you know, everyone's under the assumption that Clay has missed two years and no one knows what he looks like. If you are a veteran NBA player, and you're like, I really want to just go to a situation where I get a ring. You're probably going Brooklyn, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Philadelphia. And then maybe the Warriors come into the mix at six, five or seven or so, something like that for you. Five, six, seven. So for the Warriors to make a team or sorry, make a veteran, consider them at a higher rate than those players. They need to get that one premier player. Which comes back to our point. If they swing a trade for a Ben Simmons, uh, I don't know, um, a Bradley Beal, someone of that caliber, all of a sudden they move up higher in the ring chasing category. Like, do I really believe LaMarcus Aldridge wants to live in Brooklyn? Does that look like a dude who wants to be in Brooklyn? No. LaMarcus Aldridge looks like a dude who wants to live away from humanity, to be quite frank. Um, so, I, I mean, it, it just goes down the list. Like, players will go where the rings are. And so, I think that's what the Warriors are going to do. All right. Appreciate Thank you. you. See, ya. See ya. All right. We're going to end this, guys. I appreciate everyone who came in here at 10 p.m. on a Friday night. <laughs>